0: 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. McDavid Center's one timer score. Oscar Kleffbaum and Edmonton strikes again in overtime. This time it's Clefbaum. He'll swing it out to the outside, and it is to the end zone. Touchdown Eskimos, Darrell Walker with the touchdown, and the Eskimos take the lead with less than a minute to go. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams.
1: This is
0: Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton
1: Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Game seven. The two best words in sports. And we have a Game 7 tonight. Didn't look like we were going to get a Game 7 at all in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs, but we finally have one. And really, if we get just one, it means the first round was a success. Because for a while there, the first round looked like a dud. There were some good games, but it looked like a dud. But the Boston Bruins, Toronto Maple Leafs, engaged in Game Number 7 right now. And we will get to the update in just a moment. Good evening, folks. Wednesday evening edition of 6:30 Chat Inside Sports. I'm Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins, who is back on Tuesday of next week, taking uh, some R and R, visiting some family back uh, back in Ontario, back out east. So uh, good for Reed. And uh, yeah, like I say, he'll be back next Tuesday. Kellen Kennedy on the other side of the glass. Good evening, sir. Hey, Dave. Guess what day it is. <laughs> <laughs> It's the first Slurpee of spring day, Dave. You got it, buddy. A week nice ago, out there. A week ago, there was still snow and ice on the ground. It was pathetic. Now today, what, what did it get up to today? About 20? Yeah, about 20. Yesterday, was a little warmer.
2: I, yeah. I, I got, at my place, 22, 23 on my thermometer. So, And hardly any wind. No wind. Which was nice. Yeah. The week
3: it's a
1: little get, breezier today, but it's okay. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of that nice breeze. You know, it's... I'm not. It's it's nowhere near hot. It's nice and warm, uh, but a nice little cool breeze. You go. Oh, that's that's kind of nice. That's like uh, that's like air conditioning. That's did great. did my first patio of the season on Monday. Sweet. So it was great. Yep. Right on. Good stuff. Yeah. Well, I think we are. That never works, but we just do it anyway. Knock yeah. on wood. Uh, hopefully, the white stuff just stays away now. And tonight, Game 7, Leafs-Bruins. What more could you ask for? Oh, it's been great uh, so far. What a game. It is 2-2, and how did we get to 2-2? Well, here's how.
0: Now Miller to play it up but not out. Matthews keeps it in along the left wing side. Feeds it in the middle towards Johansson. That missed him. Nylander swings in to pick it up on the right wing. Gardner straight away with a drive. Tap score! Patrick Marlowe was in front. The shot came from the center point, and the Leaf strike first in game seven, just 2.05 in. 19 seconds left on the power play. Here's Krejci Far Circle. Feathered up top. Posternak, Rister, He scores! Here's Tori Krug in his own end, slams it up the left wing boards, Patrick Marleau to keep it alive for Mitch Marner, trying to thread the needle, got blocked, comes back to him. Marleau with a wrist shot and he scores! From the right wing circle, Patrick Marleau, there again, set up by Mitch Marner, goes upstairs to beat Tuukka Rask. Marleau has both Toronto goals and the Leafs with a 2-1 lead in the first period. Great, he digging away, right in the net now, Rick Nash, centered, deflected, out in front, Heinan. shoots, he scores!
1: And that's where it sits right now with about uh, six and a half minutes left to go in the first period of play of this Game 7. So Patrick Marlow with a pair of goals, his third and fourth of the playoffs. Jake DeBrusque, his fourth goal of the playoffs. And Danton Heinen, who was uh, inserted back into the lineup uh, in place of Tommy Wingles, he scores his first goal of the playoffs as well. Shots on goal, just six apiece. So, not exactly a goaltending clinic in the first period, which is what we saw, especially from Freddie Anderson over the last couple of games game four or game five and game six. He's been outstanding. But uh, so far, it is 2 2 into the late stages of the first period of play. Not the only Toronto sports team in action tonight involved in a playoff game, so is the uh, Toronto Raptors. And they are somehow tied 2-2 with the Washington Wizards. They're up 2-0 in Toronto, heading to Washington, had two uh, stinkers against the Wizards. Of course, the Raptors, the first seed in the uh, Eastern Conference. Right now, they have a one-point lead, 48-47 over the Washington Wizards. Major Leagues of Baseball tonight. The uh, Toronto Blue Jays continuing a series in, in, in Toronto at the, uh, at the, Sky, or at the Rogers Centre, that is, against the Boston Red Sox. Top of the fifth, they are tied at one. I don't know how many people... Are actually at the game. It'll be interesting to see the highlights later because I, I don't have the game on right now. I Obviously, have the hockey game on. Yeah,
2: I got the hockey game on in here too. It may resemble the crowds that they used to get back <laughs> in the uh, glory days of Rocket Roger Clemens in the late '90s and that stuff tonight out there. And yes. that's no knock against the baseball team. Their baseball team actually is pretty good right now. But yeah, fourteen and nine, not bad. It's a, it's a very, I. I It's one of those nights where you'd both love and hate to be a sports
1: guy in Toronto because what do you cover? Well, and TFC is in action. I mean, uh, Toronto Toronto FC, they're playing the uh, CONCACAF Champions League final against Chivas Guadalajara, and that game is on the road, so it's It's, not in Toronto. Imagine if it was in Toronto. Oh, man. It'd be a mess. I mean, they expect about 50,000 people to be watching all three events. So you got Maple Leaf Square... When the Leafs are, are playing, you got Jurassic Park when the Raptors are playing. That's right. And then whatever they call, you know, I don't know what they call it for when the, the basketball, or the, uh, sorry, the soccer well, when, when the
2: come. TFC supporters show up, it's so, like soccer, I guess, European yeah. football time at that point. So so
1: what they're doing is they're, they're just, they have three screens going. They have a screen for the hockey game, a screen for the basketball game, and a, and a screen for the soccer game. And apparently it's only the sixth time in the history of the the sporting history of Toronto, that all four teams have been playing on one on one night, that's crazy. So, and across the street, of course, at Rogers Centre, the Jays are taking on the uh, the uh, Boston Red Sox, and as I mentioned, one one. So. Um yeah, <laughs> I can't imagine, and and you know, how crazy yeah. it is, and of course the the heightened security as well uh, in the light of what happened on Monday in that tragic van uh, attack. Absolutely, so. and you know if they win all four games tonight, that's great. But could you
2: imagine if they lose lose all four games? Yeah, if they
1: that, go zero and four on the evening. Toronto would be quite upset. Ooh, no doubt about it. So it is two two in the uh, late stages of the first period between the Leafs and the Bruins, Game Seven of the first-round series Eastern Conference Stanley Cup Final. A man who uh, knows about Game 7, because I'm sure he's played in uh, at least one of them, Rob Brown, our in-game analyst on the Oilers Radio Network, will join us next. This is Mike Riley from Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet for Reed Wilkins tonight at 6.18. It is 2-2 between the Leafs and the Bruins. Late stages of the first period. About two and a half minutes to go in the first period. The winner of this game moves on to the Tampa Bay Lightning, or to face the Tampa Bay Lightning. That series will start on Saturday. Always good to chat with this fellow, uh, Rob Brown, our in-game analyst on the Oilers Radio Network. Brownie, how's it going, man? Doing very good. How are you doing tonight? I am doing well. Uh, when you say Game 7, I mean, do you just get shivers when you hear Game 7?
4: I, I do. I, I mean, that's what it's all about. I, I know that as you go further in your career as a hockey player, playoffs become more important. And as you get into the playoffs and all of a sudden you, you get the Game 7, the ones that do or die, where if you don't win, you're done. Those are the things that excite you. And I know that if you think some of the best players in the world who – have good regular seasons seem to pump themselves up a little bit more when it comes to playoff time. Sidney Crosby is a great example and because this is what they play for. This is why they, they lace up the skates and when you get to a game seven uh, I still have memories of the ones that I played in and those are the most fun and that's why you play the game.
1: How many game sevens uh, did you play in uh, offhand and you can even go back to junior if you want?
4: Um, well junior there weren't very many uh, because we were actually pretty good junior. I do remember playing game seven, though, my first year of junior, Kamloops versus Regina. It was on home ice. The winner got to go to the Memorial Cup, and we were down a goal. Regina iced the puck with 14 seconds to go in the game, and remember, uh, I think, I can't remember the player's name, but one of their guys, as he we came back, was making the golf swing like you guys are going golfing right away in 12 seconds (laughs) we we won the face off we score and then we score in overtime dean avison scored in overtime and we go on to the memorial memorial cup so i remember that one vividly uh i don't remember how many i had pro i know that we i won one championship in the minors where we won the calder cup and we went i think three or four times that postseason we went to the the final game where if we lost we were done and we eventually won every one of them which and won the Calder Championship, so uh, it it is an excitement that you uh, you just can't replicate. It's you know when when you retire, there's certain things you miss. You miss the dressing room, obviously, because that's the fun part. Mm-hmm. But you miss the the games that mean something, and you just there's no other way to describe the feeling of the day of the driving to the rink, being in the dressing room beforehand, and the feeling going on the ice. It is. Uh, something that I, I wish everybody had the opportunity to, uh, to, to experience because there is no cooler feeling knowing that this, is, this game decides whether you tomorrow are, are getting up preparing for another game or tomorrow you're getting up to go to
1: a golf course. No question, uh, and it's three-two now in favor of the Boston Bruins. Patrice Bergeron has scored different kind of a different kind of a game tonight for the Leafs, and especially Freddie Anderson, who was so good in games five and six, uh, and tonight, uh, well, not not as good. And you got to give the Bruins credit; they're cashing in on their chances. Uh, I'll ask you a bit more on this series, but uh, I, you know, I had Kelly Rudy on the show last night, and I I asked him how his demeanor was on you know preparing for. A Game 7 because, you know, uh, I heard a clip from David Pasternak, young guy, you know, really great hockey player, young guy, uh, and he said, no, I, I don't feel pressure, I, I'm confident that we can go out and win, why, why would I feel pressure? Now, on the surface I go, that's easy to say, but in reality, Rob, um, is that is that something that is really easy to do, is, is to stay relaxed uh, in, in the approach of
4: a Game 7? Um, no, not all people can do it. Uh, different players have different approaches. Um, I, I felt confident and comfortable once the game started because you're confident in your abilities. I think the lead up to the, to the game, uh, there's a lot of apprehension, a lot of nervousness, uh, the what-ifs come into play. I think it was much easier as a young player uh, thinking about the game because yeah. oh, if we don't win this one, we're going to win it next year and next year because you, you just there's no fear as you get older, you start realizing the chances are getting slimmer and slimmer and the opportunities are getting fewer and fewer. So I think for young players, there's this belief that this is going to happen every year. And I'm going to get a ton of opportunities. But as you get older as a player, you realize, you know what, you've got to take full advantage of the chances you get because they might not be there again. And that's why as you get older, you might get a little more um, nervous, a little more apprehensive going into the games.
1: Did you try and keep the routines the same on a on a game seven?
4: I always did, yeah. Yeah, I mean my my routines were never that. I mean I wasn't a, a creature of habit. I uh I I was I, I mean you've been around me enough. I'm I'm pretty loose. Yes. Not a not a not a, <laughs> lot, of, a lot bothers me. <laughs> no. Nope. Uh, I, no. I mean in game seven, I, I enjoyed them. I I I lived for them. I mean that was the most fun. I mean because when you're when you're a kid in your basement or if you're on your your front driveway you were always playing game seven so for me it was like i'm getting an opportunity to live out a dream and 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 i just i just relish the opportunities
1: joined by Rob Brown, our in-game analyst on the Oilers Radio Network here on 630 Chet Inside Sports, talking about Game 7, and we have a Game 7 tonight in the National Hockey League. The first round will end tonight. The Bruins with a 3-2 lead uh, in the first period, I believe. The first period has now ended in Boston, so the Bruins with a 3-2 lead. Yes, the uh, first period has ended. So, I don't want to put you on the spot here, but do you remember a a player or two that basically went bonkers out of their mind on Game 7 and were not relaxed, but came up really big in a game seven and played really well?
4: Um, I, I don't remember any particular things. I know that for me, the, the, the North Americans enjoyed them more. Mm-hmm. I, I think I remember we played in New Jersey. I think it was game six or seven. And Alex Kovalin, he'd missed the game before and we're in pregame skate in the morning. And he's taking offside one time. So it's not the one where the natural one where you see. Uh, like Leon Drysaddle, where he comes across the ice and he's winding up and he's got the big Mm one-timer. He's going the other way, which are almost impossible to shoot. And he's going bar down, bar down, bar down in in warm-up. And then we come to the game that night and he declares himself unfit. Yeah, no, I'm not 100%. And, like, this was a do-or-die game. Whereas we got a guy like Ian Moran who's playing with a broken foot because he's an an American kid or a North American kid that's not going to miss that opportunity. So I don't remember uh, anyone in particular, but I do remember that any superstar i've ever played with they were always the best in big moments that's how you become a superstar you're just a a good player or a great player if you're a guy that does regular season or early in the playoffs but when you do it in game seven or when you do it when it's needed that's how you become a superstar when you look at
1: this series in particular, the, the Leafs and the Bruins, um, it's been fantastic. It, kind of a weird first round, I, I think, Rob, because you had a couple short series, you had a couple that went five, you had a couple that went six, and then this series is going seven. Uh, but this series in particular, what's really come to the forefront for you when, when you've uh, watched the games?
4: Uh, well, obviously, the well, opening of Anderson. I mean, the last two games, the, the Bruins should have won. They were the better team. I remember watching, I think it was the second period last game, Game 6, where the Bruins were all over the Leafs, like seven, eight, nine, ten 10 minutes, and I turned to my son as we're watching and said, Toronto's going to score next. He's like, how do you say that? Because the Bruins have missed too many good scoring chances, yeah. the Leafs are going to come down and score, they're going to get one shot, and it's going to go in. And it's the way it goes, so I think Anderson's, Anderson has been exceptional, and just the perseverance of the Leafs. I mean, they just don't quit. And I, I, I know that all these series that have ended early, I don't know if this was the series that everyone thought would go to seven. The Bruins, the way they were playing at the end of the year, many picked them to go to the Stanley Cup finals. Yeah. And most, most people picked them to win it or be a, uh, a good chance of winning. And here they are, the Leafs, Who, I mean, especially people out west, anyone outside of Toronto, said, you know, they're a flash in the pan, but the Leafs are for real. So uh, for me it's been a tough series I'm in a hockey pool and I got six Bruins on my team so I really really need them to pull through or my son is going to beat me for the eighth straight time in hockey pool so it, it, this is a big one for me. This is a big Game Seven for me. <laughs> no, no
1: question. <laughs> and then we can we can start round two tomorrow. And just quickly here, uh, I know we're going to see some good matchups in round two. It's nice to see Ovechkin and Crosby. That's always fun. And and can the Caps actually beat the Penguins? We're going to talk about that after the news break at six thirty. But come on, Friday night, Jets Jets or sorry, Jets and Predators. Like it can't get here fast enough.
4: Well, there was two games late in the season that I saw the Jets and Predators play. An incredible hockey, physical, mean, nasty, uh, skilled. I mean, both teams. And, and this is, and I agree. I know that they did something on Hockey Night in Canada tonight, and I agree. They've got to go back to one eight one eight in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You cannot have these two teams meeting in the second round. This, is a, these are two teams that should be third round. They are that good. Neither team should be out after this round, but. I, me there there there's uh, the next the next round is going to be awesome because I mean if it's Boston Tampa I think that's going to be fun to watch Pittsburgh and, and and Washington so cool Crosby and Ovechkin again can Ovechkin eventually get rid of the Crosby curse I'm a big Vegas fan you know Vegas going against San Jose is, is Vegas the stars going to do it or San Jose is finally going to be the year for San Jose when no one expected anything then obviously the the ugly nasty mean match between. Nashville, and, Nashville and, and Winnipeg, and does that series take so much out of those two teams that all of a sudden San Jose and or Vegas can sneak by them because those two teams are badly beat up? I, I think it's, it's shaping up very, very well for giving us a lot of fun things to watch over the next month and a bit.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, first things first, though, we got to get through tonight and a pretty thrilling Game 7 so far, 3-2 Bruins after one period of play. Brownie, thanks for your time and your insights. Okay, we'll talk to you soon.
4: Sounds good.
1: Take care, Dave. Rob Brown, in-game analyst from the Oilers Radio Network. News update coming up from the 6.30 Chet 24-hour news center with Thomas Dice. When we come back, we'll update this game further. Bruins and Leafs, maybe we'll have another highlight. Who knows? We will have another highlight. Oh, we will. Absolutely. And uh, we'll talk about Caps and Pens and another matchup between Ovechkin and Crosby. Can the Caps actually beat the Penguins? We'll talk about that much more as we roll along here inside sports on a Friday. No, it's not Friday. Wishful thinking. Wednesday evening. I'll do. I'll do tomorrow night show and, and Friday night show as well. That's, that's a promise. It's Wednesday. News is next.
0: This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader. Six thirty, Chad. 43 seconds left here in the first. 2-2. Near point, Miller shoots, looking for a bank right of the net. Base goal! Six seconds left in the first.
1: And about as even of a game as you can get. It's 3-2 on the scoreboard, and really that's the only advantage the Bruins have. It was about as, I mean, it was absolutely razor-thin close in that first period. Shots on goal are 12-10. Bruins with a slight edge in scoring chances in uh, offensive zone time. I mean, it's just it's just not that, <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a one-goal lead. And that is how close it really is. You know, it's not deceiving. Sometimes sometimes the stat sheet can be a little deceiving. Tonight, it is what it is. It's a 3-2 game. Bruins have a slight edge in shots. They have a slight edge in scoring chances, slight edge in offensive zone time. Um, they've played a really good period. So have the Toronto Maple Leafs. And like Rob Brown said, the Leafs just don't quit. So they're not done yet. There's no question they're They're not done yet. So this is going to be a very interesting second period coming up. But can the Bruins. They finally got to Freddie Anderson after two games where they've been stymied, except for the third period in game five when the game, you know, that's probably the clinchy game or should have been the clinchy game for the Bruins. But uh, Anderson was pretty stellar when it mattered the most. And tonight, eh, not so much but he's getting some support from his uh, own team. Patrick Marlowe has a pair of goals. His third and fourth of the season, Jake DeBrusque with his fourth a power play goal, Danton Heinen with his first goal of the season as well. Not the only uh, playoff game in Toronto uh, as far as Toronto is concerned. The Raptors are in action tonight in Game 5 of their first round NBA Eastern Conference Series and in a battle with the Washington Wizards. Late in the third quarter, the Wizards with a one-point lead 70-69 is the score, so we'll keep you Updated on that game. Toronto Blue Jays in action. They're taking on the Boston Red Sox 2 2. They're in the bottom of the fifth inning. We got a, another playoff game going on tonight in the world of hockey. It's in the Western Hockey League. The Leftbridge Hurricanes won 5 1 over the Swift Current Broncos last night in uh, game three of their first round playoffs, or sorry, their, uh, the Eastern Conference final, that is. Uh, it's game four tonight in Leftbridge. That game will get underway in about a half an hour's time. The Western Conference final will resume tomorrow. Tri City trying to even up their series with the Everett Silvertips at two games apiece. Well, round two begins tomorrow. Vegas Golden Knights will host the San Jose Sharks. Both of those teams can't wait to play. Gerard Gallant, head coach. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knight says, can we just play now, please? Oh, they want to play tonight. Believe me, they're, they're ready to go. They've been
2: ready to go. The other day they wanted to play games. They're just like us. I mean, let's get it going again here. It seems like it's, it's been way too long. So they're ready to play tonight, believe me. No player likes to sit for that, that amount of time. But, you know, it's, you know, you get the rest. and uh, you know, But the guys that are ready and everybody's healthy right now, they all want to play. So it uh, makes it tough. But like I said, they're in the same boat. So that's, that's the one positive. That San Jose's in the same boat as us. So...
1: Yeah, that's true. Both of those teams uh, swept their first-round playoff series. And uh, the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins and the Washington Capitals, they will meet again again in a Stanley Cup playoff series in the second round as uh, both teams dusted off their opponents in six games. The Penguins beating the Philadelphia Flyers, the Washington Capitals beating the Columbus Blue Jackets. Pleased to be joined by John Walton, the play-by-play voice of the Washington Capitals on the Capitals radio network. John, uh, nice to have you on the show. Thank you very much. Uh, you bet, Dave. Good to be here. Well, uh, it's it's just like uh, you know, it's 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 a tradition. It seems like the Washington Capitals and the Pittsburgh Penguins meeting again in, in a playoff series, and unfortunately for the uh, Capitals, it hasn't gone their way um, in these matchups. But uh, you know, it's it's always uh, you know, it's funny. On one side of it, I think you look at the matchup, and some people might go, "Oh, again," and then you go, "Oh, again. This is great." <laughs>
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it depends on the side of the fence you're on. I don't know that too many Caps fans would be jumping up and down, but I suppose that's understandable. Uh, it's what it is, and I, I think from Washington's standpoint, you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. And for all of the demons and for all of the exorcisms that might need to be performed around here, why not go right through Pittsburgh when... You've got a team that wasn't expected to potentially even make the playoffs. And if they did, I think you were thinking, oh, okay, maybe this is the year they finished third. They lost so much from last year. Braden Holtby had his struggles. T.J. Oshie went 30-plus games without a goal at one point. And yet here they are. Metropolitan Division champions beat Columbus in what I think was the most impressive playoff series they've had against an opponent in years. Uh, winning four in a row. Uh, the penalty kill was terrific. 18 different players with a point, And now taking on a Pittsburgh team that won't have Malkin and Haglin to start. So I you know what? The Chicago Cubs have won. The Cleveland Cavaliers have won. The Red Sox needed the Yankees to get over
1: the hump. I say, why not? Yeah, it, it seems like uh, the perfect fit is you know, to exercise your demons. Well, do it against their do it against your rival and the team that you haven't been able to beat. So that makes a, a lot of sense. But uh, you know, you mentioned that the preseason expectations, and, uh, and I remember hearing those and reading those as well. That uh, you know, the, this Capitals team has lost too much to sustain the the, the success they have had in the past and, you know, to to win a division and to, you know, go on a run. And I know even with that group, they had trouble going on a run. But uh, I guess uh, from your standpoint, uh, why did this team uh, or what were the factors with this team finishing uh, again with another division title?
3: Well, I I think when he came in stages, I mean, if you go back to training camp, there were a lot of pieces that needed to be replaced, and that meant with youth, or that meant with cast-offs, that meant with guys that may be getting their last shot in the NHL. Devontae smith Belly had been bought out. Alex Chaseon was without a team. I mean, you've got a lot of different ways that it was filled, and then if that wasn't enough, you had the mental needing to heal time after losing to your division rival who went on to win a Stanley Cup not once but twice in the last two years and doing it when you were the President's Trophy winner and losing a Game 7, there was a lot that Barry Trotz and his coaching staff (laughs) needed to do and really kind of fled back on the reins. The Capitals had an up-and-down October, an absolutely awful beginning of November, uh, getting thumped in Nashville, getting killed in Colorado. And Bernie Trotz's job was on the line. I mean, if you can believe media reports and people talking about it. And, you know, there was a, a turnaround that came right about U.S. Thanksgiving. And where this team started, they stopped feeling sorry for themselves. I mean, there's no question that there was a mental issue here. Uh, how could there not be? These guys are only human. But all they've been able to do since then is ride the wave and go right through it. And I I think it's been really impressive the way they dealt with the adversity, the way they banded together. And I think the highlight of that, at least at this point, was winning four straight against Columbus to move on to the second round.
1: Yeah, no question about that. As we're joined by John Walton here on 630 Chad, Inside Sports, uh, play-by-play voice of the Washington Capitals on the Capitals radio network. Game one uh, between the Capitals and the Penguins. Second round Eastern Conference series will begin tomorrow night in uh, Washington. Now, uh, you mentioned Barry Trotz and that he was, you know, potentially is on the hot seat and who knows if they don't get through this round is, you know, what's his future going to be like? But um, I want to go to the goaltending aspect and, you know, he played a hunch and I I don't know if is a hunch i mean it's pretty obvious Braden holtby was struggling so he goes to philip grubauer uh, and then philip grubauer is struggling um, and it seemed like the series maybe shifted a bit uh, uh, when Braden holtby or or shifted a lot when brayden holtby uh, got the net back in game two even though it was a loss but was that a big turning point for the capitals in, in that series against columbus
3: yeah, it really was, and I, I'm glad you said it the way you did, too, because there are some that would say, oh, gosh, Braden Holtby probably should have played the whole series. And that's not fair to Barry Trotz. It's not fair to either goaltender because Philip was the better goaltender down the stretch, and Barry went with, what have you done for me lately instead of sentiment and playoff experience? It was the right call. It didn't work in the first game in three quarters. Philip Grubauer uh, got pulled in the third period, uh, before the third period, Uh, going into game number two. Uh, And for Braden Holtby, this is uh, different territory for him. And not that it's playing in the postseason. No goalie in Caps history has ever played more than he has. But the difference with Braden is that for the first time in his Caps career, he was the guy sitting with a ball cap a lot down the stretch. And he got a lot of rest that he normally would not have gotten. So although it is not the way the Caps would have drawn it up, it's certainly not the way Braden Holtby would have drawn it up. But going through the longest losing streak of his career now has set him into a, or put him into a place where he's not only, in I think a lot of people's opinions, playing as well as any goalie in the Stanley Cup playoffs right now, but he's the most rested, too. And that's a pretty nice combination if you're Washington that you have Braden Holt, the playoff goaltender, and only has played in 59 games, playoffs included now, going into the second round. If there is any way that Washington would have drawn a a squiggly line that would have them toward winning a potential Stanley Cup. Sitting Braden Holpe for a lot of February and March definitely would not have been their their call, but (laughs) as it turned out, maybe it'd be the best thing that ever happened to them.
1: Yeah, no question about it. It's funny how it works out, huh? And, And Holpe was huge, especially, I mean, throughout the series since he got the net, when he got the net back, as you mentioned at the start of the third period in game two. But, you know, I think about game five, especially in that third period when. Columbus put on enormous pressure, and then in Game 6, Columbus, you know, they had the better chances, and uh, the Capitals, they got some uh, benefit of one-shot scoring, but Holtby was uh, was huge and, and gave the Capitals something that, you know, maybe was lacking in previous playoff series, and that was consistent goaltending, and, and, and Holtby was able to provide it.
3: He was. I mean, if you go through the tortured history of Capitals postseasons, not having enough goaltending has been a common thread throughout most of it, but not lately, not not with Braden, and he's been very good. And I think that when you look at what Pittsburgh is bringing to the table, Matt Murray – Young, winner of two Stanley Cups, but his numbers weren't great against Philadelphia either. And uh, Giving up five goals in the final game, probably not the way he'd want to go into the second round. Doesn't mean he won't bounce back and do what he's done, but statistically it's been a little more of a struggle in year three than one and two. Uh, I think that if anyone's looking at the first round as a measuring stick, I think the Caps have the edge in goaltending coming into this series. Uh, it doesn't mean it can't change on a dime. I and mean, one guy's got two wins and one guy doesn't have any. But, uh, again, I the mean, what have you done for me lately category, Braden Holtby, and a penalty kill that has just gone 17 straight to finish off the Blue Jackets after having a rough start, four of eight. Some of that was probably goaltending with Grubauer, too. Uh, the, the things that you need come postseason time, I think the Capitals are providing right now.
1: Yeah, for sure. John Walton joins us, the voice of the Washington Capitals on the Capitals Radio Network, uh, joining us tonight here on 6:30. Chad, inside sports. Uh, you mentioned uh, at the beginning of the interview, No Haglin and no Evgeny Malkin for Game One tomorrow. And you, when you think in, in series past, uh, you know Alex Ovechkin is against Sidney Crosby, Ovechkin's done pretty well against uh, Crosby. But it's you know Evgeny Malkin it seems to be a, a Caps killer. I mean that that's a that's a big big uh, blow to the Penguins, and it should it should help guys like Ovechkin and guys like, you know, their skill guys. And uh, when you look at matchup, but uh, I mean, how, how key is it you think for the Capitals on their end of things, not to have Evgeny Malkin in the Penns lineup?
3: Well, I certainly don't think it's a bad thing, but I don't think it's as much as, you know, I think a lot of people in town have gone, Oh wow. Well, that really puts a lot of pressure. You better win that first game. And I, look, it's the first of four. Right. I mean, I, I think Malkin is going to be back in there soon enough anyway. And I, They've ruled him out of game one. The guy that may not be around for a little bit, it sounds like he's haggling because he's not even traveling to Washington, which would imply that one and two he might not be in. Uh, Malkin is making the trip. Perhaps he only misses one game. But the Caps got to this point in the first round against Columbus, but it didn't matter who was on the other side. They just shut down who was there. And I think what was really impressive is in the first game against Columbus, Thomas Vanek lights it up and leads them to a comeback victory. Vanek didn't have a single point the rest of the postseason. Nick Foligno had two goals in game six. Prior to that, he had one assist in five games. Zach Wierenski had points in just one out of six games. Uh, Only Steph Jones was really able to break through. Other than that, the Caps did a fantastic job defensively, and a lot of that came from... Pretty good Western Canadian kid and Chandler Stevenson. He has tremendous in this series. And in coming out of nowhere, really, because this is a guy who might be the best story of the whole Capitals roster here uh, coming into this postseason. He had a terrible training camp. Barry Trott sent him to Hershey. Had to clear waivers to do it. Cleared. Nobody wanted him. He had to earn his way back. In late October, he did in Vancouver. Played one of his first games of the year in Edmonton. And then he progressed into a penalty killer, not tremendously offensive, but along with Jay Beagle, did a great job on the PK. And then, as players do this time of year, bring it to another level. He ends up getting his first two assists in Game 5. He gets his first career Stanley Cup playoff goal. He gets it shorthanded in Game 6. He ends up finishing with four points in the series in six games. And it was when he moved to the second line as in a defensive role to play with Baxter and Manosi, he picked it up offensively too. So uh, the Caps can go line to line with just about anybody right now, I think. It certainly doesn't hurt to have Malkin out, but uh, I suspect he won't be out for long, and uh, I think when he's back in there uh, you're going to have to face a team that certainly is getting it done on defense right now
1: yeah for sure and uh, one final one here uh, and just quickly john your signature call at the end of uh, games when uh, when the caps win uh, good morning good afternoon and good night where did that come from
3: came from my minor league days in hershey uh we had a rivalry we won't very scranton it just kind of squirted out one night and uh I said it the next night because we played a home at home with him and we beat him twice. The third time, I think I forgot, and the fans were emailing me and said, Hey, why didn't you say that thing you said? We won it. was (laughs) good luck. And it just kind of took off from that. And that was probably, oh, I don't know, 15, 16 years ago now. (laughs) And uh, I. Kept it when I came to Washington only because the first question when I got the job was, was I keeping it? Because Hershey's only a couple hours up the road and fans were familiar. So I uh, kept it and it uh, seems to work. And maybe one of these days uh, it'll come with a parade attached.
1: Well, uh, for sure. Uh, I, and I hope for your sake that does happen because uh, now it's now it's stuff of legend, in, in my opinion, John. So uh, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate the chat and uh, enjoy the series, the Capitals and the Penguins, starting tomorrow.
3: Uh, you bet Dave good thanks for having me they're heading to the exits here in Ohio and a pocket comes in along the near side and they-
1: There it is. <laughs> we uh, really appreciate the time of John Walton and a great, uh, great call, uh, signature call that he has at the end of uh, Caps wins and especially at the end of series wins for the Washington Capitals. Will there be a series win against the Penguins? Remains to be seen, but you got to think, uh, I think this might be their greatest opportunity to do that. Uh, Toronto Maple Leafs up 4-3 now in the second period of play. Game 7 against the Boston Bruins in Boston. The winner goes on to face the Tampa Bay Lightning in round two. We'll tell you after the break how the Leafs got to 4-3. All right, so Travis Dermott, his first goal of the playoffs, and Kasperi Kapanen, his first goal of the playoffs. That goal shorthanded. The Leafs with a 4-3 lead over the Boston Bruins in game seven of their first-round Eastern Conference playoff series. They're getting to the midway point of the second period. So we'll keep you updated on that game. Coming up in the next hour, the Grey Cup is going to Calgary. The Grey Cup is here in Edmonton. So, hey, back-to-back Grey Cups, 18 and 19 for uh, this province. So, we'll talk about that after the news update.
0: 630 Chad, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.